And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connor coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Me podcast with Mickey Brennan and Davy Lisbon and uh, I suppose Davy, the All County Football League is back in full action and um, we've got two injured men here today. You have a broken nail and I have a uh, dicky tummy and uh, but do you know what? The show must go on Davy. Yeah, absolutely Mickey. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um Back in action, and I suppose the league did kick back into action with some um, some unbelievable results, which I know we'll talk about over on the Loyal Royals podcast this week, and that's one not to be missed as it was last week with the previews. But uh, great time, and, and uh, clubs are most definitely happy, and it suppose it's coinciding with uh, with a host of intercounty action at the moment as well. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, as you said, the All County Football League, we will be reviewing all of the divisions on our Patreon service. Absolutely. Brilliant weekend of football and some huge, huge results across all uh, seven divisions. But um, yeah, go on over to Patreon forward slash We Are Mead to sign up for that one. All, as well, we'll be doing a full review of the ladies' uh, game from the weekend when they welcome Dublin to Park Tolchin on Sunday. And uh, we have interviews there from Monica uh, McGurk, Mary Kate Lynch, and Eamon Murray after the game. Um, but I suppose we'll start with that one here on the, the We Are Mead service, Davy. Mead 1 8, Dublin 1 9, and Dublin getting that little bit of revenge. The point at the end was, I suppose, the only thing, um, it, it, it was a statement, I suppose, because a draw meant that Dublin were going to top the table anyway. So it was just a little statement of intent and a little bit of revenge for the dubs. I think a draw would have been a fair result. and. Do you know, I, I honestly thought that Maggie Farley, the referee on the day, didn't have her best outing. And she, we all know she's a top quality referee, but some very dubious calls. And as you said to me off air, even the Dublin goal could have even counted. You know, we're trying to st- still figure out why it was disallowed. I think it was because maybe she put a hand on Monica McGurk in the goals. But you're saying, no, I didn't, didn't see a hand going on her. So, yeah, a couple of funny calls throughout the game. Yeah, I mean, physically, or sorry, physicality, she she let an awful lot go, which I would actually welcome in, in ladies. I think uh, the game has got to the stage now where it needs a, a lot more to be let go. And now Maggie's refereeing and the lads, she she does that on a week-to-week basis, so she's going to do the same, and that's fine. Um, but if that's, the, if that's the stance she goes with, then something like that innocuous challenge on... Monica McGurk, for example, for the Dublin goal should stand. And what's more, that yellow card that Vicky Wall got, I know it was right at the end, but it was one of the softest yellow cards or sinbins I think I've ever seen. Um, and, and that's not to mention the free, obviously, at the end. At the Two end. things. One being the free being awarded, I thought was harsh. Um, okay, we shouldn't have coughed up possession the way we did. But, but two, the fact that the Hooter had gone just before she blew the whistle for the free, Colin McManus was on the Tannoy announcing to thanking people for coming to the game. Great game, draw match, well done, safe home. And suddenly it's pulled back and the Hooter goes again then 30 seconds later when Hannah Turr puts the ball over the, the bar. It was academic, as you mentioned, Mickey, um, because the result wouldn't have made any difference had it been a draw or, or a win for Dublin. But it would have been nice for me to continue their unbeaten run. That's That's all, really. Yeah, it's 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 one uppery um for 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 Dublin. They just have that one up just by that last gas point. Bringing it back to um, uh, Vicky's yellow card, and it's nearly she was punished for winning the ball because it was a 50-50 ball. Two players running for the ball, and 
neither of them could stop, but Vicky gathered the ball into her chest and, and in doing so ran into the opposing player. Mm. So it, it's like, you know, her punishment for gathering the ball was a yellow card. Um, there was nothing either player could do to get out of the way of it. And that's the way she plays. Like she, she is blood and thunder 100% of the time she go through a brick wall, particularly when she gets that head to steam up and um, what she meant to do. That's, that's, my thing you know like where is she meant to go at that pace she can't avoid the tackle if anything the player the opposing player has to do that but uh, I just thought it was a classic kind of case of evening and off you have to remember that Dublin finished with 13 players um, and that was getting me down to 14 you know so um, in saying that Eamon won't be happy with the way in which his team finished the game because they showed some showed some unbelievable heart midway through the second half to get in front from being in a perilous position, but it was almost as if they, they would rather play against the 15 players at Dublin versus the 13. It wasn't as if they were set up to play against the 13, if that makes sense. And look, yeah. a credit to the dubs for the way in which they applied themselves in the last few minutes, because everything seemed to be uh, going against them, but they, they somehow dug out a result. And I suppose for them, it was maybe more important to come down to Navin in front of what was a massive crowd and, and maybe put on a show and get a win over me, a little bit of revenge, as you say, Mick. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. The crowd in Meath as well. They, they reckon it's the largest crowd ever at a ladies football game outside of an All-Ireland final, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and also that means that Meath will take on Mayo in the little National Football League semi-final and the Dub- Dublin will take on Donegal. I'm not sure if we have a fixture for that yet, Davy. Um, but uh, when we do get the, the, the fixtures, we will let our listeners know. Um yeah, as we said, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast and you'll be able to get that full review of the game with the interviews of Monica and Mary-Kate Lynch after the game and also Eamon Murray. Davey, um, for me, talked about this last week. It was a massive, massive game for our hurlers. They had a chance to, you know, put themselves right back in the mixing bowl um, and once again, travelled down to Tralee and took a pasting. It's, it's not a happy hunting ground for Mead Hurling. No, it's, it's unfortunately the the good work early in the league, um, in the first what, you know, two three games have has gone awry now in the last couple, um, a heavy defeat the last day against Westmead and and a serious beating down against Kerry and unfortunately we thought we turned the corner in terms of league performances from last year. I'm just looking back to some of those results, Mickey. Last year, you know, you lost awfully first day three twenty five to three nine. You had a heavy beating against Carlo, 528 to 17 points, 423 to 14 points against Down. And sadly, Mickey, another 223, two, sorry, 31 shipped on the road down in Kerry. And it's been, uh, as you say, an awful hunting ground for us really down through the years. But on the back of our Joe McDonough win against Kerry last year, I thought that would have given the team great confidence. Um, and it was a really disappointing and flat performance. There's a trait that that's sort of a worrying one for Nick and the management team, the, the concession of a goal early stages of each game. And if you look back to it, the down game, the Westmead game and the Kerry game, they've conceded a goal in each of those three games in the first couple of minutes of the game. Um, and that probably points towards a lack of concentration from the start. And um, you can't be given Kerry head starts of five or six points in their own backyard in Tralee because they'll absolutely maul you. And they did just, just that. Um, and unfortunately, with results elsewhere, it's left us needing a result in our last game at home to Carlo in order to preserve our status in Division 2A, which we thought might be safe enough by virtue of beating Kildare on the first day, but things have swung since. Yeah, they really have. When you look at the table, Kerry and Down sitting at the top of the table with three wins from four. Westmead with only two wins. They sit on four. Sorry, did I say Kerry and Down are on six points? Yeah, six points from four games. And three wins, and then Westmead are on four points, two wins from four games. Carlo and Kildare are on three points each, and Mead is down at the bottom with those two points. We really thought that there was a chance that this last game, um, Davy Rusman, would be you know in the promotion hunt. And, and when you look at it, they were one win away from making this last game a promotion hunt game. Yeah, it's, it's been an incredibly tight division throughout, really. And I think the distance has only started to open up between the teams on the penultimate weekend of games. Um, I suppose the, the worrying thing for me is that Carlo are in a similar perilous position to me in that they need to come down and get a result or avoid getting beaten. Um, because if they get beaten, it's out of their hands, essentially. Because if Kildare were to, to pick up a result, 
then Carlo would uh, would be in massive danger. So Mead Mead know I suppose that that a result probably a win or a draw um, likely to be enough, but to be, to be absolutely sure they need to win this game. Um, but it's it's not going to be easy. I just read out the score from what twelve months ago when we played Carlo and they yeah. came down and put I think five what was it five twenty eight past me that day. Um, and they're a decent side. You know they've got a couple of scalps in this league already. Um, but essentially the players have to try and embrace it. And we showed they showed what they were capable of in the Joe McDonough when the chips were down. Well, this is a massive uh, game for them to try and preserve their status and not drop to 2B for next year. Yeah, absolutely. That game against Carlo will be on on Sunday the 20th of March. It's down for Park Tolchin, could be trim, we're not sure. And it's 12.30 throw in for that one. Uh, just sticking with the stick as well, Davy Rispin, the minor hurlers, they were very unlucky not to get a victory over Westmead in the minor hurling championship. I think it's tier two. Um, 210 to 16 points in favour of Mead. And it was a last gasp uh, point for um, Westmead that salvaged a draw for them. But, you know, these lads from Mead, you know, working really, really hard. I think there was about seven players from Trim on the team. And um, just looking down at it, Kyle Ennis from Trim actually scored 1 9 on the afternoon. Yeah, Kyle Ennis with 1 9 and Evan Nolan from Dundry, a fine hurler in, in his own right as well, with a goal and a point. They incredibly accounted for 210 of uh, of Mead's tally on the day, which is brilliant shoot from that two two man inside forward line. Um, but yeah, like that would have been a huge scalp. I know West Mead are a very progressive side at underage ranks, but you know what? Mead on the back of winning the under 20 uh, BL Ireland last year, I think it's important yeah. that they start to. Uh, accumulate some results at minor level because they've had some really near misses in the last number of years and they've been in the mix but uh, probably just things haven't fallen into their favour you could say the same for the weekend but they'll take great confidence from that first out and out I know it's early days um, but you have to hit the ground running and to get a point against Westmead in an excellently presented boards mill um, I think they'll be pleased overall with that yeah, they will indeed. And the minor hurlers are out again next week. And it's tier three. Mead will be taken on down. And uh, the the venue for that will be probably uh, Ballycran, um, I'm guessing. <laughs> another hunting, great hunting ground for the Mead um, hurlers. Actually, as well, just to let you know of another one, the under 20 hurlers, they will be out in the Leinster League in tier one, actually. And they will be playing West Mead. Um, at a Westmead venue also next Saturday at um, 2 p.m. So um, hard luck to the hurlers on not getting the victory. Um, you know, it's a they'll look at that definitely as a point loss and, uh, instead of a point gained. And moving on as well, the Camogues were in All-Ireland B Championship. Um, uh, they, they were playing in the All-Ireland B Championship against Derry and they got a huge victory there um, in that one. Laura Kelly and Robin Dunn getting a brace of goals each for the minor Camogues and uh, again the future looks bright for them I think they have another game next weekend we'll try and find that and then finally the Camogues they will be out on the 19th of uh, March it's not for another two weeks they'll be taking on Cork um, uh, at a Mead venue of course they lost the last day out to Wexford and they'll be hoping to get back to winning ways um, before we move on to the All-County football leagues well we might leave that just the under 20s the footballers they were playing Kildare at the Kildare Centre of Excellence on the weekend and Divi they lost in the scoreline of Kildare 2-12 Mead 1-8 Mead led this by three points at one stage in the second half and ended up losing it by seven yeah disappointing Mickey I suppose it's three defeats now on the spin isn't it uh, Dublin Leash and Kildare being the latest one, we all knew the qualification was out of their grasp going into this game, but we did talk and stress the importance of getting a win prior to championship commencing. Unfortunately, it looks as if now that barring a couple of wins and challenge matches or whatever before championship, that's that's exactly what they're going to face. Um, I suppose you could sympathise with them in the sense that, you know, it's, it's a development league and that John hasn't put out um, a consistent 15 in any of the three games. So he's given everybody ample amount of playing time. Now, in saying that, he would have liked to have obviously got a win or, or a couple, uh, more of a solid performance across the 60 minutes. And that's been the issue. You look at it, the first half of the Leash game um, and, and probably the first half of the Dublin game as well, played well. The, the polar opposite then, the, 
sorry, the, sorry, the opposite right way around. They played well in the second half against Leash and didn't play well in the second half against uh, Calera at the weekend. And getting that, I suppose, since 60, 60 minute performance, complete performance in there has been the issue. And that's something that he'll be looking to uh, address urgently, you know, going into championship. We all know they're a very talented pool of players, but it's it's to get them, I suppose, playing together. They're rather youthful as well. There's not too many kind of 19, 20 year olds on it. So that kind of brings up different challenges as well as to get into the physicality or the pitch of it altogether. But I, I've, I've every faith in them with doing that. And I still wouldn't be raising any alarm bells just yet, no. even though you'd have liked to have got at least a win at this point. But fingers crossed it won't uh, won't be too detrimental, Mickey. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's a development league. Um, as you said, we're going in with a very young squad who are in, in their development at the moment. And I have no doubt... You know they've all been feeling their way into that under twenty uh, league, and so has uh, El Hurricano and the lads as well. They've been, um, you know, trying out different players and whatever. And and come the championship, they will have a settled team. So they finish off their. I think that is the development league finished, isn't it, Davy? It is. Um, uh, there's no games left, so they finish it off on another loss against Kildare. But um, you know they can come in in the long grass and uh, take a few scalps in the championship. Um, David, just to run back over it. So the Mead Camogues, the minor Camogues, uh, next out, they're up against Offaly on Sunday the 13th. And um, that's next Sunday. The senior Camogues, they're out the following week on the Saturday against Cork. And then just to go back to the other fixtures that we have here, um, the minor hurlers will take on down next Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, the, the under 20 hurlers will be in uh, league duty on Saturday also at 2 o'clock in Westmead against Westmead. And then Sunday, it is Mead versus Cork, Davy Rispin. Um, this is a massive game for the Mead senior footballers. Um, when we look at the table, it's a chance for Mead to put a bit of breathing space between them and Cork. But it's also the same for Cork, um, who, who, who need the victory. So... There's going to be blood and thunder in Park Tolchin next Sunday at 2 p.m. Um, it's it's two old war horses meeting each other again. Oh, yeah, the stakes are massive, Mickey, at this stage of the competition. And um, it's I suppose the league is broken into two little mini sections, the race for promotion, which is going to be two teams from three between Derry, Roscommon and Galway, and uh, the relegation scrap at the bottom, which you could include Clare, um, possibly and maybe this time next week we will be but it's Clare ourselves Cork uh, Down and Offley, who obviously were beaten in their catch-up game against Galway over the weekend but not by much so I wouldn't just write Offley off just yet uh, because they showed against me only a couple of weeks ago what they're capable of but this game against Cork is everything really for both you know I think realistically if you lose with two games to go you're bang up against it if you win you put a little daylight between yourselves and Cork initially and then the bottom of the league and I suppose four points traditionally wouldn't be enough it may well be but if you pick up another result thereafter you're completely safe in the knowledge that you'll be playing division two football next year but I suppose Cork are in the exact same boat they're looking at it Mead haven't got a win yet they've just got a point themselves and um for them to come up to Navan, it's it's a massive occasion for them as well. Youthful team, new manager trying to bed themselves in. They will uh they will be sick at the sight of division three footballs looming them in the face, none more so than ourselves. But we just have to see what we have. I know there was another couple of injury concerns with Robin Clark and Carl Hickey Mickey. So Shane McAdee's gone away now. Um I know Mead did have a challenge match over the week weekend against Leitrim, who were obviously on a gap week themselves and uh I, I believe that James Toher featured and uh, he could potentially be a man to fill in the void for Shane McAdee at centre-half-back this weekend. Yeah, um, they do have options, I suppose, if lads are fit, if Breen Conlon is back fit as well. Um, you could play Breen at centre-half or you could put him into midfield and you can put Tarnan back. And Yeah, there's, there is a multitude of choices if everybody's fit and available. But again, it's just been one of those years for them. But... We, we do hope that Andy and the lads can get the result against Cork on the weekend. It is Cork against Mead. It's down against Offaly. They're the two bottom teams facing off against each other. It's Clare against Galway and it's Roscommon against Derry. So, um, you know, it, it's a weekend that Mead could make a real move 
on that table, so they could, you know, um, if, if they were to get the results. So we just have to follow that one closely on the weekend. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GEA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Speaking of um, the, the fixtures on the weekend, I suppose, Davy, it'd be only right to talk about GEA predictions.ie. Again, you will be at it as you always are uh, next weekend. The one weekend that you're not doing them is the weekend that the postponed games are played, and I got all the results right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you had a home banker there with Galway. Who else had you? You had Cavan as well. Uh, your faves. <laughs> to be fair, Cavan haven't let you down so far. Uh, me, unfortunately, like myself, have been the stickler for the last number of weeks. But we do hope that our, our loyalty to me will pay off now coming this weekend. And hopefully, uh, PS Tips picks a few draws and they're, they're all home or away games won. Yeah, you can imagine if you picked all draws or something like that, you know. All draws bar, bar Mead. You'd bar, always pick Mead, of course. Yeah, yeah, one or two of them or something like yeah. that. That'll be something that we need to watch out for. You know, and he'd probably take our advice as well. And you know what? He'd probably hit about six draws or something. <laughs> and win the whole thing out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the type of them, all right. That'd be the type of them. But uh, yeah, again, we as we said, like there is the We Are Mead League in there. And that is um, the overall winner of that league will win. Uh, Trevor Giles retro and um, sleeveless jersey but on a weekly basis there is 200 euro up for grabs it costs you three euro go in there I know that there's a couple of people who've done it recently who have done it for the first time and ended up uh, winning some money so um, yeah everybody's a tipster out there so get on it Davey have the clubs been in contact with you regarding the lotteries the lotteries yeah, they have indeed, Mickey. And the first one up is from Dunchockle and Royal Gales and their results from last Monday night's uh, lot. They'll have another one obviously going tonight, but uh, no winner. Uh, the numbers drawn were 12, 17, 21 and 26. They had two match three winners who win 100 euro each and they were Audrey Mooney and Erin O'Connor. The next draw is tonight, Monday at Half 8 Live on Facebook. 13,000 jackpot, 13,000 of our first reserve and a second reserve of 6,600. You can play that one on Club Force. There'll be no Andy Smith because he's currently isolating in the attic, but I'm sure the Jocklin will have somebody else to uh, assume responsibility for their weekly lotto. Yeah, I um, just wonder not, sorry. I wonder if, if that was genuine or was he trying to get out of a certain match over the weekend or something like that? Yeah, well, <laughs> it, as it turned out, it backfired on him and me, uh, but we'll come to that in the predictions of the Lyle Riles podcast when we yeah. do talk about the chocolate. Uh, Longwood are next up. They're jackpot of 6,000, uh, which it is currently at, and you can play the next one, which also takes place tonight, Monday. Uh, last week's one from the 28th, they had no winner. The lucky dip winners were Calvin and Celia Lynch, uh, Creona O'Connor and Stephen Cregan. The numbers drawn were 8, 18, 19, and 27. Manalvi GFC uh, from the 28th as well. The numbers drawn were 13, 16, 22, and 25. 320 euro winners were Anne Douglas, Lucy Kelly, and Shane uh, Herity. Uh, next one takes place tonight. As I said, jackpot of 900 euro. You can play it on manalvigfc.ie or on the Club Force app. Uh, Blackhall Gales from uh, last week as well. Numbers drawn were 3, 6, 19 and 28. Uh, 30-year winners are as follows. Sarah Lynham, John Mallon, Kevin Nestor, Paul Howlett and seller's prize goes to Aidan Ferris. The next draw takes place on the 14th of March uh, at Ratang... Oh, sorry... Rat Regan Rectory, uh, 9,800 euro for jackpot. So they're steadily building. I know they only go every two weeks in Blackhall Gales, but it's uh, slowly but surely creeping up and it's going to hit the 10,000 mark imminently. Castletown is uh, at 1,500 euro and they had no jackpot winner. Numbers drama are 1, 2, 8 and 27. Lucky dip winners collected 30 euro each were Jennifer Oakes, Barry Sheeran, Dolores Morris, Sean Young and Seamus Kearns. 
My own quarter in GFC, uh, 8,200 euro jackpot was not won. The numbers drawn were 12, 17, 20, and 29. Uh, 520 euros were Kate Clark, Paul Larkin, Michael Costello, Joe Staunton, and Katie Walsh. Um, the retro jersey, which was, I'm trying to think what the, it was actually an Italian 90s jersey last week. Yeah, it, it went to Column Carry of Drumbara, so congratulations to Column on that one. Uh, and we move on with 8,300 euro this Friday night and another retro jersey at CortedGA.com forward slash lotto. Um, Old Castle's at 12,000 as well. That takes place Wednesday night on the Club Force app. And the final one on my list, Mickey, is from Gail Column Kill. 12,000 euro uh, jackpot. Numbers drawn were 1, 9, 11, and 19. Uh, they had a good few match three winners who shared the 150 euro. Uh, they were Benny Reddy, Karen McManus, Antoinette Moore, Bernie Murtha, and John Thornton. And just to note that next week's lotto takings will go to the Ukraine Relief Fund. So full credit to Gail Columkill for that. A lovely, lovely gesture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fair play to the lads in Gail Columkill. I have the usual two. One in there from Central's 10. Their lotto is still at 10,000 euro. You can do it on the Smart Lotto app. You can go to centralsingea.com and you will find the link in there to play their lotto. Go to any of their social media pages and you can win it there. Last week's lotto in Simon's 10 was not won. It was 1,300 euro. Um, the lucky dips were Mary Slevin, Michelle Northey and Jackie Hanrahan. The numbers drawn were 8, 16, 26 and 28. We only had two of them, Davy, so um, we need to up our game. And uh, the next lotto will be Friday the 11th of March. It's 1,350. Play online and uh, on the club's app app. Um, again, Jelly just wanting a little bit of a plug there. His, um, his massage room is looking absolutely brilliant. It's class and um, lovely um, uh, astroturf grass on the ground and he's got his table and whatever there and he's got a couple of different things in it. Room looking absolutely brilliant. And Davey, you like the tunes he's playing in the room as well. Yeah, you'd picture this in the background. Yeah, very impressed uh, with Jelly's choice of music. Never really in doubt, to be fair, but uh, unbelievable setup. I know he's taking you soon, Mickey, for a full body massage. So um, I think you could be his first uh, client and hopefully not his last. Yeah, yeah. Um, the body's a bit tender at the moment, and I haven't even kicked a ball in nine months. Um, but uh, yeah, um, we, I think you, you you could do it a bit of massage as well, so you could. Um, how is the thumb actually? That's it's it's all right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't looking great as you seen as soon as it happened. But yeah. uh, was that a false nail? Uh, no, they were they were painted on. Oh, they were so, painted on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't go out with false nails playing G. Yeah, come on. I yeah, wouldn't not advisable. What a great bit of advice to the listeners there. Um, I know that there's lads like Peter Duffy and like that out there who need that advice. Um, and it is a really good bit of advice. Never wear fake nails onto the football field. Did Peter Duffy not fancy the trip to Ballinacree, uh, Mickey, over the weekend? It would uh, it would look like it, he didn't. Um, and as we said on her. Uh, Twitter account we've been inundated with um, messages in regards to Simon's Tins all County Football League Division 4 was it or the 4B um, 3B could be 3B was it oh yeah sorry 3B against uh, St Bridget's not going ahead on the weekend I've seen um, differing uh, reports on it I've seen that it is going to be refixed but I've also seen that the points went to St Bridget's so I'm not sure what the story is there. Interesting one. Yeah, because this was first weekend. You only have to name 15 players. The games didn't clash. So you'd imagine that Simons then would have been okay to field, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We'll follow that one intently as well. Um, Davey, I suppose it's time for our Instagram interactive at this stage. Yeah, we have a nice mix of Instagram interactive this week. I think you're going to enjoy this, Mickey. The first one uh, is from Aaron Kyo, and it probably follows on from what we were saying. Uh, he said the ref at the Mead and Dublin ladies game. Yeah, um, we said it at the top of the hour. Um, not Maggie Farley's finest hour. I I really don't understand what the free at the end was for that she gave. Um, then there's the fact that the Hooter had gone before the free had even... Um, been awarded uh, the touch on the goalkeeper the yellow cards she, like I know you're saying you'd love to see a bit more physicality in the ladies football but 
it's the, the rules are the rules. And some of the tackles and stuff she was letting away with was you're looking going, what? And then the next thing is she's given a free for the most innocuous of touches. Um, yeah, I was disappointed with Maggie. I won't lie. It, was, it wasn't her best performance. Uh, back to club matters now with Evan Connor saying that Masterson Park is a fortress and that is, of course, the home of St. Vincent's who recorded a big win over St. Pat's, I think, Friday night that was. And uh, it, it is probably one of the toughest places to go and meet and try and get a result, to be honest, Mickey. Did you? Did you, well, I know I called it. Did, I don't, I'm not sure. Did you call that game as I well? I think I did. I think I went yeah. Vincent's as well, yeah. Yeah, I think you may have. Um, it really is. It's a fortress, like, and um, they shall not pass. It really is a case of that. Like, It's phenomenal. Absolutely brilliant. And, you know... A, a team season can be built on something like that. If you can make your home ground a fortress, there's a lot can happen after that. Like you know, yeah, no, absolutely, I completely agree with that. Jack Walsh, uh, next in, and he said Chris Forrester masterclass against Rovers Friday night. Jack Byrne, who? Yeah, Forrester is. I mentioned him here. I don't know if Jack knew it. Um, if he was listening to the first uh, podcast back when. I mean, the first ca- podcast when the League of Ireland started back, Forrester is quality, um, best player on the field. And uh, yeah, um, can't deny him that one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one comes in from Sean Fitzgerald and he said, Alan Douglas, black card. And I replied, another one, you know, that DJ Khaled, another one. Oh, uh, mother God. But uh, apparently he didn't get a black card because he was in touch with us and he says, I didn't even get a black card. Um, but he's got a few lately, hasn't he, Dougie? But uh, I don't think he did, to be fair, in their uh, opening win over Manalvi. Manalvi, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good win for Trim over Manalvi. One we both called as yeah. well. Manalvi led in that game. Six points to four, I think, at half time, and uh, Trim uh, uh, doing their thing in the second half. Lucky to be working, Mickey, um, who, in fairness to him, was down supporting the Mead Hurlers in Tralee on uh, on Sunday. Um, a working holiday he's on. That's what he calls it. Um, Did he meet he the said, buff? Uh, oh, Jesus. No, I, th- I think the buff did another game. I think the buff uh, stayed well clear at Tralee. Buff, probably the heard buff that Lucky knew his place. Was coming down. Yeah. yeah, the buff knew his place. The buff knew his place. Lucky to be working was down there. He says the attic needs opening soon. Um, I, I thought the attic and everything else had opened up in the last few weeks so I did well he said if I think if I'm not mistaken Saturday night he says we've all been in the attic so long that it's time to enjoy yourself now um, he also so said he, he, he has the fear for the hurlers as well yeah um, look it's it's tough off coming off of hiding like that uh, down in Tralee but one thing is we know we know for sure is that when the chips are down with this team, they do come out fighting and we'll be hoping that they do in two weeks time when they face off against Carlo in Park Tolchin or Trim. It's always down as Park Tolchin, but it's usually Trim. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Flaherty uh, said Keen Barry ripping it up. I don't know. Uh, did you, were you keeping an eye on the darts? No. Uh, so Keen Barry up to Leek Mickey. He was. Did he lose uh, in the semi-final? Yeah. Semi-final in the yeah. UK Open on, on, uh, Sunday night to Michael Smith, the beaten runner-up in the World Championship, and he he led that game six two and raced the first eleven. But Michael Smith went on to average one hundred and fifteen. Um, no shame in Keane Barry, the young nineteen-year-old from Dulac, biggest payday to date, and climbing into the top sixty-four of the world. I did tip him up in the Chronicle this year to be the sports star to watch in Mead, and he's absolutely living up to that billing so far. He's a terrific young talent, and there's plenty more to come from him. And Flats is just looking out for his. Uh, I suppose you could call him his clubmate, really. Ah, uh, he's probably in in investment. I'd say he's invested a few bob into the man, so he has, and he's looking out for his investment. <laughs> uh, Joe McWeeny said, "Not a good league for the twenties." Yeah, no, we, we we've looked back over that, and we we have said three losses in a row. We have to remember it's a very youthful team, um, and the majority of the that team will be under twenty again next year, um. But I have no doubt that come the actual championship now in a few weeks' time that they will hit the ground running. And it's given um, John McCarthy and the lads a chance to see who is going to be their best team uh, best, uh, and, and they'll be able to put their best foot forward. And I have no doubt the lads will, will do us a proud in the under-20s. 
Yeah, very much so. Robert Perfield said Friday night lights are the way to go. I also said that Friday night pints are the way to go too. But yeah. Rob, Rob was over watching his beloved Pats in Ardgat. Uh, he, he he seems to bring a bit of gloom to Ardgat because I think he refereed the game against the league earlier in the season that finished three apiece. Um, and he was over there again last Friday where uh, Vincent's defeated Pats. But Friday night lights are the way to go, Mickey, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, there's nothing like a Friday night game and then having the weekend for yourself. But I do also think that you need to be careful because if you get used to playing on Friday nights, you get used to going on out on the Friday and the Sunday and maybe having Sunday afternoon points of going home to bed in the evening on a, on a uh, uh, Sunday evening and just uh, going to train and still hung over on a Tuesday night. And Tuesday nights become a running session to run the bloody drink out of you so they do but maybe you sound that was like back. you're speaking with savage experience <laughs> there <laughs> maybe that was back in my day sure all you guys just go for uh protein shakes straight away after a match and protein shakes on a saturday and recovery sessions and all that <laughs> i somehow doubted mickey uh joe Beck, <laughs> uh who, who definitely doesn't uh go for the protein shake straight after it depends he he guinnesses his protein shake but anyway uh, he said that Sean Riley's right boot, which I, I believe was uh, put on an exhibition for Moila on uh, Sunday against Boards Mill, but he also said that second teams getting a hammering in 3B. Yeah, yeah, the, we will be looking at that on the Loyal Royals podcast, but it did, uh, it did look like that, all right, that the, the second teams just weren't able. It shows that the standard has changed in the last few years. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy enough with it. I kind of did tip up a lot of first teams last week, and that, no, you did. I did. Oh, sorry, again, sorry, teams. sorry, sorry. You did. Yes, you, you tipped up a lot of first teams. Yeah, I thought you yeah. were going to say second teams there. No, no, teams. but but I I do like second. it. I do think it's important that first teams try and maintain a little bit of dominance over the second teams because I think for just for yeah. clubs in general and me that is nice to see as well. But as you say, we'll come back to that on the Loyal Royals. So. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Zach Griffin, one of those players who uh, was involved with a second team being at Gail Column Kills on uh, Sunday, said that Daniel Farley nailing lads over in Shaw Newman Park, big pre-season paying off, hashtag beast. <laughs> it's not good enough so it's not it's not good enough these lads will be going on to the Twitter and they'll be apologising to all the people at Kells about losing to St. Dalton's on the weekend but they just I don't want to see that I don't want to see that Davey Rispin well, I want to well, see what they do on the field I want to see what they do on the field <laughs> I'll tell you what Mickey it seems to have um, put in a, there seems to be a little bit of rivalry um, building up between Kells and, and uh, St. Dalton's, which is great to see because it's probably one that would have been lost in years gone by. But Ladies FT fan said that Kells absolutely robbed by the ref in a great battle in Sean Newman Park. And that was quickly followed up by Darren Kavanagh of St. Dalton's saying that Kells moaning about a dubious peno with a laugh <laughs> face. It was a stonewall peno, kissy face. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. You gotta love it, but uh, did you see Roy Keane on the weekend? Uh, about oh, Man United? yeah, I actually yeah. did. I only watched it back there this evening, all <laughs> yeah. 10 or 11 minutes of it. Yeah, very good. <laughs> but, 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 uh, there was late drama, yeah, where where Sedultons got a, a lay penalty to defeat Gail Collinkill's second string in what sounded like an absolute classic in Sean Eight points Park. up at half time, and they let that league go. One five mm. for Barry Farley on the day as well. Unreal, unreal. Uh, what a player. Um, James Trainer says, done Chocolin proving you's wrong once again. Do you know what? I've said, I was talking to a good friend of mine who plays with Dunchocklin, and I says, I'm the problem. I've tipped them up every game for the last two years, and they've 
they've fucked me, right? And the one time I go against them, of course they win. Um, so I'm, I'm telling you, we'll do next week. Make up people, on yeah. the wall in the dressing room, so it was, or played on that it was snipped out and it was played on one of the speakers. That's one of the things the lads do these days, isn't it? Do you ever reckon? Did you ever think that uh, that's happened with us? Or how many times do you think it's happened? <laughs> do I reckon it's happened or how many times it's happened? Ah, look, I'm sure something from the podcast has has made its way onto the wall. Um, I know. Oh, no, I know. I won't even get into it. I won't get into it. Go on. Fair enough. Oh, McDonald said, Ben the Yak, Caldwell's last minute winner. And that was against your own Simon St. Gales. Ben Caldwell off the bench to get the ceiling goal for Nafina uh, over the weekend. What a win for them, Mickey. Yeah, it looked like a great game as well. It ebbed and flowed. It was going one way, it was going the other. And then in the final uh, uh, few moments of that game, it looked like Simonson had done enough. The closing 15 minutes, any time Nafina got a, a point to go level or whatever, Simonson would get the, uh, the the leading point again. But in fairness to Nafina, they got the point, then they got the goal, the last touch of the game basically to win it. And uh, yeah, great win for, for, for Nafina. I told you to be close. They had a close encounter in the fresh cup where simon certainly won that one by a solitary point so um two teams that are about the same level at the moment yeah extra time sport next in and he said lucky to be working in a carry attic following nude footage <laughs> um, <laughs> do tell do tell uh, mickey he, he's the type of fella he's he, he kind of wears his heart in his sleeve and he and he documents pretty much his day from start to finish on his phone and what if he's not got a sleeve <laughs> Uh, well, well, this is the problem. Uh, he didn't have anything on him, including the sleeve, on uh, a Saturday night when he came in from a, a rake of pints in the hotel, and he um, didn't realise that there was a mirror behind him in the jacks. And um, he, I think, he has only fans onto him now, and I think the slogan is going to be "Coming to an attic near you soon." Lucky to be working. So. <laughs> In an attic uh, near you, uh, maybe. Um, oh, good luck. Absolutely brilliant. Great stuff. Uh, M- Mikey Cullen says, two veterans, Stephen Donahue and Declan Dowling, doing battle in Manalby. <laughs> yeah, incredible stuff. Like, to see those lads still kicking ball at their ages. Amazing. <laughs> well, Stephen Donahue's 39 now. Okay, okay. Declan Dowling is, I think, 25. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you get you get what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. James Cullen saying that Shawnee Fitzgerald hit seven wides. Oh, um, do you want to answer that one? I, 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 I they still I, got the results, didn't they? Standard enough, yeah. But um, yeah, let's move on. Shane Mangan says that Alan Moore was seen delivering a PRO workshop in Moila pre-game, <laughs> <laughs> and hence our podcast has been uh, held off until uh, today to be done because we've had we've been inundated with uh, people requested to be signed up for that uh, said PRO uh, workshop as well. But also, Davey Wispin, there's a rumour as well that he wasn't going to be around on Sunday and he put a phone call into Simonstown to ask Simonstown could they do something and make up an excuse not to play the game on Sunday. So, um, look, I'm only just saying what I heard. You know, I don't know. Okay, interesting. Um, and yeah. a lot of concern for my safety as well, Mickey. Uh, and thanks to everyone for getting in touch. But Brendan Byrne being the first in, he wants to know is Davy okay? Peter Duffy, of course, was a lot more brash and brazen about the whole thing. And he says, Is Davy's fingernail okay? <laughs> um, did you put a picture up on uh, Twitter on Instagram of it? I, I didn't, I wouldn't do that to the okay. people, but uh, my sister did put a picture up of me sitting in uh. A and E or in in the hospital, and I, I didn't look all too pleased with the whole thing. So yeah. Uh, um, and A and E, or was it um the manicures officer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you call a nail person? I can't even remember. Don't know. L- Luca Tahini uh, wants to know what Trim's chances in senior are. Look, there. I tell you one thing. I don't think that they're going to be cannon fodder or anything like it. Um, and I think they could very easily be in a quarterfinal. It will depend on the group that they get, but I would have them ranked in the top half of teams in the senior championship. Yeah, I would as well. I, I think we have to be realistic as well about where they're at too, you know, and I think probably the the weekend's game against uh, Depleton Manalvi would 
you know, would, would kind of vouch for that. But absolutely, they're going to go up and they, they shouldn't fear too much. Um, but it'll be an interesting year for sure. Um, yeah. Craig DJ Manning just said Kilbride. Uh, so Kilbride getting a win against, I think, Wolf Tones. Second string. Yeah, the the second weekend. string. Um, I'll just yeah. check that for you now and see if we can see. Yeah, Kilbride did, of course, get that victory over Wolf Tones. And a cricket score it was 115 to a goal and a point. And by virtue of not playing their game, Simonstown are above having a man who's Portsmouth one towards the Oh, Lord. <laughs> Isn't that a great way could, to do, do, They yeah. could just go the whole thing without playing and they'd probably do all right for themselves. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they could get promoted maybe. Um, <laughs> um, Jake Smith says Minolte scoring 5-20. Another uh, team dishing out a pace into a second team. I think Summerhill were the the on the receiving end of this one, Mickey. Yeah, they did. Um, 5-19 to 5 points. And um, yeah, um, shooting practice for a lot of the first teams um, in Division 3B. Jake Balf says the mean minor footballers are out in two weeks' time. Um, we'll have to look up that one. And uh, you go on and I'll come back to that one, Davey. Yeah, next one comes in from Carl Finnegan and he says that Flash Gordon not able to find any of his own players with his own kickouts. Oh, well, we'll say it was windy on the weekend for poor Flash. Um, just bringing Flash it back. Did, Flash did get into contact and say that that was factually incorrect, by the way, so we'll go with it. <laughs> um, just looking at it here now, Davey, Mead will play Longford in Glennon Brothers Pierce Park on Saturday the 19th of March. Um, at 12 o'clock in the Longford venue. So, yeah, the Leinster Minor Football Championship Group 2 um, meet out in Longford in two weeks' time. Well spotted. Washer O'Brien says that Neil McLaughlin is the new John McDermott. And have we anything to back this up? Is he a one-hit wonder, maybe? He's, he's a stallion, man. Uh, he was obviously trust into midfield by... Uh, by Shane Mangan and uh, Stephen Quirk over the weekend. So that was an interesting experiment. Normally centre half back for Boards Mill, but obviously went well in midfield in that defeat to Moila. Uh have been in touch as well, and there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of over and back on this one. But the first one comes in from Connor Lynch, and he said the drums on fire. Yeah, one point victory, wasn't it over uh or the drums on fire or Kilmainham? Drumbarra, yeah. Drumbarra had a great win as well over Mead Hill. Uh, oh, yes, yes, sorry, points, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, it was Ballon Lock that um, uh, the lads from Kilmainham were playing, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. There was there was a reply, Mickey, which I can't see on my end now. Uh, from Mead Hill, was it? No, I don't know who it was from. I, I think... I think the name is Alex Kane, and uh, this is a bit of a salty one now. And it says only in March, and Drumbara have already had the highlight of their year. Hashtag oh. joke club. There we go. That's on uh, on the dressing room wall in Drumbara now. So it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and it did spark a bit of a reaction from the Drumbara faithful. But you know what? I actually don't really get it because, in fairness to them, they've got a massive scalp against Oldcastle in the cup already this year. They've now beaten Meath Hill, who I'd consider a very decent uh, intermediate side. And with a new manager there, that's the exact start that you want. And uh, if they continue that, they could absolutely go on a great run this year. It's it's yeah. there for them. No doubt in the quality um, that they possess. And uh, yeah, if they can just keep the heads down and keep that going, the sky's the limit. Yeah, Connor Lynch also said that Liam Ward being a referee, so he must be one of the new recruits to uh, the referees uh, uh, panel for this year. Uh, Huey Corcoran followed that up by saying that Liam Ward will be a great ref. Okay, um, good to hear. Good to see new lads signing up. We won't be able to find the game that he was refereeing. <laughs> no. Um, um, but, um, yeah, well done. The next one is in from Johnny Foster, and he said, Rory Buchanan finally scoring a goal. Um, and was it any good of a goal? Like That's the thing. Yeah, he got a goal in that win over uh, Gail Cullen Kelly. He's a good man for a score, normally Rory, but uh, great to see him getting on the goal sheet as well as Ulton's uh, 
just about edged out Gail Conkillen, but we will talk about that more in the Loyal Ryan's Mickey. There is uh, one more on club matters, and then there's a couple of, on Mead, which we'll come to. Um, the next one comes in from Matt Carlin, and he says, why can't league fixtures be made in advance and not weekly? Um, well, they are made in advance, aren't they? Like, you know that round two is going to be that week and round three, and I'm sure if you got in contact with the county board, that you know in advance what games are going to be played on what weekend. Is that not right? I, I think he's more asking, I mean, could they not be told they're playing maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, possibly? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, look, it's it's a fixtures nightmare. If you want to find out about the uh, how hard it is to do the fixtures by the volunteers and whatever, go over to our Patreon and have a listen back to... The podcast with Damien Griffin. Damien Griffin, yeah, Griff, sorry. Um, and uh, it's just back a few weeks and he'll explain to you how difficult it is to be doing the fixtures and, and what a mammoth job it is. John Kelly next in and he wants to know will Cole Hickey and Robin Clark be fit for next week? Hickey is a massive player for us. We need him on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to depend, isn't it, Davey? There was one that was muscular and one that was. Uh, was, was it a joint or something like that? Yeah, uh, Robin Clark was ribs and yeah, Carl sorry, Hickey ribs. was ha- yeah. hamstring. Yeah, so yeah. look at two weeks is, is kind of tight on both, isn't it really? To be honest with you, if it's cracked ribs, that's a, that's a sore one. And if it's a hamstring, you know what they're like. It depends. Was it a tear or was mm. it just a, a strain? We shall yep. see, but there would be two massive losses if me there to be without them. But we mm-hmm. shall see. Uh, Sean Murphy said that Scully has to play against Cork, and I'd say Harnham will go to six with McEntee gone. Yeah, that's something that kind of I've uh, I've pointed to as well. It all depends on who's available for midfield as well. But you know, Tohar is there; he can go into six as well. There's yeah, look, I I don't think we have anything to worry about. Even Ronan Ryan can go out to six. There's there's a few options there. To Kyogen can go to six, even like you know, so um, it'll be just interesting to see um, what way uh, Andy picks the team for the Cork game, yeah, very much so. Um, and that is it, Mickey. Oh, excellent. Um, it's been an action packed uh, We Are Meat podcast this weekend. Don't forget to go over to our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Meat and you'll get the ladies' review interviews from Monica McGurk. Um, Mary Kate Lynch and Eamon uh, Murray and we're doing a full All-County Football League review of the seven divisions played last weekend in the club season when that got uh, when the league season got underway so that's it for this episode remember we are me why it matters more